Mongrel Punt episode number five for 2021. Mrs. Mongrel, always a pleasure to have you here. Haven't seen you for a whole week. What have you been up to? <laughs> I work, unlike some people. I work. I'm on long service leave. <laughs> you got to stop telling people I don't work. They're going to think I'm just some degenerate bum. I do tell everybody that you don't work now. I'm just like, oh, he's, he's my house husband. Yeah, I kind of feel that way, actually. I've been a, I do three loads of dishes a day. I've been doing... Actually, I did the washing. I bought fabric softener. You did. That's where I'm at. I'm like, hey, my clothes are too hard. <laughs> I need some fabric softener. This fluffy stuff sounds good. Oh, my God. So I've gone out and purchased fluffy fabric softener today. This is my life. Big lifestyle change. Yeah. Uh, football, fabric softener, and takeaway pizza for dinner. Yeah. My, our daughter's first swimming lesson today. Yeah. Exciting times. She didn't cry. You didn't cry? I Come on now. <laughs> You're a softie. I'm a softie, but, you know, she's just there in the water. I can see her. <laughs> so, uh, no tears from her. Happy to go back. The girl, Megan, good job. Kept her in. Kept her afloat. What did, what did our daughter call her? Minty. 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 <laughs> yes, apparently her name is Minty. First I'd heard of it. Mrs. Mungrel, how's your week been? It's been a long week. A very it's, long week. It's Wednesday. It, it's been a very... I keep thinking it's Thursday. Okay, you, you keep wishing yeah, it's Thursday. I keep wishing it's Thursday. By the time this gets out, it will be. Mm. Wow. Back to the past. Future. Oh, my God. It's a good it's, show. It's been, a, it's been an okay week. Yeah, we were thinking of going and seeing that at the movies. Back to the Future. They're showing all old movies, guys, at um, Melbourne City. Yeah, in the city. Yeah, including... Big, with Tom Hanks. Yeah, that was the favourite, but it's only on at 4.30, I love so Tom Hanks. Bad luck, Mrs. Mungrel. Yeah, well, I'll just skip out of work and go. I noticed they're not showing the naked gun. That was a bit crap. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone to that. I may have been tempted. Mm. Nice beaver. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Mungrel, would you like to run people down on the benefits of membership at the Mungrel Punt? I'm guessing you don't. Makes me really happy when you remember. I love it. You it's do? great. You what get a- lots of articles, um, good articles with stats. Yeah, because we give away the, the shit free ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's statistics and um, lots of valuable insight. I'm going to leave it at that this week. I'm not going to oh elaborate <laughs> any further. Guys, if you're interested oh. in becoming a member at our site, jump on, click on the manage membership or you know select plan or whatever it is you click you click on these days. And you'll see exactly what Mrs. Mungrel just said. Perhaps a little bit more detailed, just slightly. No, no, I've got it covered. Yeah, but th- she's giving you the gist of it. Stats. Good and articles analysis. with stats and analysis that you get extra, other than the, the, sh- the shitty free stuff that we put out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent. Mrs. Mungrel, we might jump right into it. There's several out of contract players at the moment in the AFL, a lot of them who are your, you know, your favourites. And a I lot don't of, believe that. And a lot of them who aren't. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of talk at the moment about Patrick Cripps's con, uh, contract. Uh, word coming out this morning that he's on the verge of re-signing with Carlton, which will alleviate a lot of the stress at Carlton, given that Cripps is down in form and also he was completely out of contract into this season coming, or this current season. And he's a Fremantle boy, a Western Australian boy, and they're probably going to make an offer of some sort for him should he not sign with the Blues. So he's going to sign with them. Reports are four years, and you know the price is fluctuating all over the place depending on who you listen to. 
But there are several names who are out of contract. And there's actually probably about 100 of them. But I've picked 10 that I reckon are the biggest and most important players to re-sign for their current clubs or to be snatched up by someone else. Do you know about these players? Joe Danaher is one. No, he's not. Damn it. Is that even a player? Have I just made that name up? Joe Danaher just went... Is he a politician? Yeah, he's a politician. (laughs) He's also a fighter pilot from the 1940s. Remember that? that guy, right. Okay. Handlebar mustache and that goofy look he gets on his face. Look, I tried. Do you know one of the the Mm. former Carlton players, Justin Madden, became a politician? And he was a pretty dopey looking fella. Mm. And so he fits right in in state politics. Like, absolute moral to be. I'm surprised he's not Premier. Anyway, out of contract players... Adam Chera at Fremantle. Young player, early 20s, so don't make any crazy comments no, about not, him. I don't even know who he is. Out of contract, and he's from Victoria. The start of this season, or mid, midway through last season, Fremantle had three young midfielders they needed to re-sign. There was Andrew Brayshaw, who's recommitted to the club. There's Caleb Sarong, who then, who's recommitted as well. And there's Adam Chera, and they've got a four-year deal in front of him. But it's not for any more money than he's going to be offered back here in Victoria. Now, reports are that he's that the money value doesn't really worry him, which I call bullshit on because, you know, you don't go to work for free, do you? I don't. No. Oh, what, what's wrong with these volunteers? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So it's going to come down to whether he wants to stay with the team he's at now and the lifestyle he's got in Western Australia, whether he wants to come back to Victoria and be around family. If you were him, let's just say 21 years old, about 50, 60 games under your belt, you're earmarked to be one of the club's pillars for the next probably eight years or so, nine years. How tall am I in this scenario? You're a little bit taller than you are now because... Oh, jeez. Maybe about... You'd be about six foot, six foot one. Oh. Yeah. So quite quite a bit taller than you are. (laughs) What would you do? And where does he... Who does he play for now? Fremantle. Oh, no, I'd move to Melbourne. And who would you play for? Doesn't matter. Just move to Melbourne. What about if you got stuck with Carlton? Oh, Are yeah. they paying a lot? They'd be paying about the same. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, if I'm a six-foot-tall guy who's athletic, I would just run down hallways and jump and tap the lights and exit signs. <laughs> You've got to be careful when you do that because sometimes do you, you can hit the off? door frame. Oh. Yeah. Don't ask me. Really? Don't ask me how I know that. I'm pretty little. I don't think yeah. I'd understand. Do you know, you. Once, once my friend and I, we had a, a, a like a boxing ring at the football club we were, we were playing at. And we decided when no one else was around, we'd have a wrestling match. Oh, hello. So, okay. So he knocks me down with a clothesline. Yeah, pretend clothesline. Mm-hmm. And I'm laying there. And he climbs up to the top rope and jumps off. As he jumps off, he hit his head on one of the beams going oh, across no. and just smack bang landed right in the middle of the ring and concussed himself. So a good time was had by all. I thought it was great. But, uh, I bet. Yeah, he didn't have a good time. Another one for you, Zach Merritt at Essendon. I don't know who that is. Zach Merritt having a wonderful season. Is uh, He's a restricted free agent. So he can basically accept an offer from anywhere else and then Essendon has the option to match it. Ooh. They can if they, if they do match it, he's obliged to sign with Essendon. If they don't, he can go anywhere else, and the the club will receive a bit of compensation for the AFL from the AFL. 
That's neat. Now, when he's been asked about this, he said basically Essendon have got to show me that we're going places before he'll re-sign. So he's been pretty open about the fact that if we're going crap, I'm out of here. Are Essendon going crap right now? They can go either way. Mm. They really could go either way at the moment. I'm looking at this week's game. They play North Melbourne. They should knock North Melbourne over. North Melbourne are the worst team. They beat Hawthorne last week. Hawthorne is the worst team. Hawthorne, yeah, they're getting close to being the worst team. Mm. But North Melbourne have a bit of a chip on their shoulder with Essendon. They don't like them. Essendon inadvertently adds fuel to this fire by saying things like, I think this rivalry means more to them than it does to us. So it's just a backhand of North Melbourne going, yeah, you really hate us. We don't even think about you. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's it's a slap down, uh, which is supposed to be a slap away, but it's actually a slap down. Yeah. Uh, so North might, might come out. I think games like this kind of would sway Merritt. If he's coming out in a game he's expecting them to win, if they got beat by North Melbourne, you'd kind of be looking at the team going like, I don't think we're going anywhere. Is that, that like being beaten by the Crows last year? Very similar. Mm. Very similar. North were winless until last last week. The Crows, I think, had 13, maybe 14 games in a row last year where they were winless, so not too far removed. Hmm. Anyway, what would you do if you were him? Oh, look, I, I don't really like Essendon, so I'd just leave. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. You, you could just drop in there for a coffee and go, I don't like this, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, at the cafe next door to Essendon. Why am I there? Oh, there's a gym there, I think. Windy no. Hill Windy Hill Gym. I've got my own gym. I don't need to go there. That's true. I'm good. All right. Big name, Harry McKay. Mackay. Fuck. <laughs> at Carlton. <laughs> keeping that. At Carlton. A lot of the focus has gone on to Patrick Cripps. But Harry Mackay is their number one goal kicker at the moment. He's only early 20s. And he'll be looking for a substantial payday. Out of contract, so you have to trade to get him. What would you do if you're Harry Mackay? Go after the money, obviously. You'd go elsewhere. If someone said to you, hey, we're going to offer you 900000 a year. Yes. 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 Yep. Would, you go, in, would said, you go into state for that? Yes. <laughs> would you Would you fly to New Zealand for that? Yes. Would you fly to New Zealand for free? Yes. Yes, I thought so. <laughs> there's, there's very few places I wouldn't go in Australia for $900,000 for the year. Mm. Mm. So I, I think you'll re-sign with Carlton. I think they've invested in him pretty heavily and he'll most likely get another probably two, three-year contract with those guys, which will take him up to the verge of free agency. And at that point, you can kind of start commanding some really big dollars. Now, Harry has a brother playing for North Melbourne. They're twins. Dudley? Actually, I don't know they're twins. Who is what? it? Ben. Not Dudley McKay. <laughs> Dudley McKay that's the third brother don't talk about him (laughs) they keep him under the stairs at home (laughs) but Ben McKay I'm gonna I'm gonna oscillate between McKay and McKay just so I get it right half the time that's pretty yeah fair enough pretty good I don't mind that now he's playing full back for North Melbourne he must be watching his brother playing full forward for Carlton and he's gonna demand big big money now Ben McKay not going to demand as much, obviously, because he's playing fullback. You don't really reward those guys with the mega contracts. But there must be part of him thinking, if they played me out forward, I, I might be able to do what my brother's doing. We basically have we have the same DNA. We have the same skill set. 
Maybe he's just a bit more of a chill guy, you know, we just... How chill would you be if, let's just say, you had a twin brother? Yeah. And you thought you were as good? No, I'm better. You thought you are better? Thank you. He gets offered, let's just say he gets offered 800 grand a yeah. year. Yeah. And you get offered 450. It's fine, I'm better looking and better at saving. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm the better twin. <laughs> You're the less fortunate twin. In that, in that scenario. Look, I, I don't know. There might be a time when he goes and plays forward for North Melbourne. But at the moment, he's cutting his teeth in the back line. Doing a really good job. I think he's sixth or seventh in the league in spoil. So he's he's doing his job. But I, I've just got a bit of what-ifs about him. He's out of contract. You'd have to trade for him. But the lure of playing forward and making some big money... I have a question. Yes. I, I don't know if I have an answer. Are they earning like $450,000 over how many years? Or one year or what? That would be per year over several years. Per year. Now the the median salary is probably about two hundred and something. So they're earning good money. The top of the line. There was a figure for, thrown around today, and it was a hypothetical figure for Oscar Allen, who is at West Coast. Someone was saying he's worth one point two a year. It's a lot of money. They're looking at extending his current deal. It's not. He's not at a contract until the end of next year. But in order to secure him, they're looking at extending him now. The numbers they're throwing around for him are huge. And he has the potential to be a million dollar per year player. It's pretty good. At 22. I hope he's saving his money. Yeah, look, wouldn't surprise me if he wastes a little bit of it. Yeah, well. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what, what it's there for, right? Right. That's what right? 22 year olds do. Shea Bolton. Oh. At Richmond. Oh, he's been doing things what did he do broke his hand he punched someone with his wrist or fell over and landed on his wrist in a fight and he's missing a couple of weeks but he has really broken out and become a star over the last couple of years and has put his contract talks on hold he's not in any hurry to to resign with richmond which normally you'd look at and go "Uh oh this means this is a problem because players who have done that in the past like adam chera at at Fremantle, it usually means they're going to leave. When they say, oh, I'm putting my contract talks on hold, I'll discuss this at the end of the year, I don't like this hanging over my head, or I don't like making this decision during the season, it buys them time to leave, basically. Mm, okay. Now, Bolton, playing fantastic football before he hurt himself, and looks like a genuine star. Now, getting involved in pub stuff and that will... You know, that, that can't help, but what they buy is talent. You'll see Jordan Dugowie just signed a couple-of-year deal worth X amount at Collingwood, even though he has multiple indiscretions, including a rather large one, which he's going to court for in the next little while, what which is do? an alleged sexual assault oh, from back in 2015 or something. He's Collingwood? Yes, he is. So... Yeah, things like that and off-the-field matters don't seem to really impact them too much in terms of how much they can make. But Shea Bolton's a real watch-this-space because I think a few people at Richmond have taken less money to, to stay, but he's worth a bomb at the moment. And if you start waving big numbers around in front of a player's face, are they more likely to be swayed? I reckon they could be. There could be a couple of teams looking at Shea Bolton going, hey, we could invest in this bloke 
heavily. If he says he wants to be traded, Richmond are obliged to look for it and uh, make the best out of it. Who's not swayed by a huge amount of money? People who are already vastly rich. Are these boys that rich? No. There you go. Tom McCartan up in Sydney. Now, look, if any of these are wrong, I got this info off the footywire.com site, which is actually really, really good for this sort of stuff usually. Sometimes they haven't updated a player's status or whatever. So if they've re-signed in the last couple of years, no, last couple of weeks, it may be outdated. But as far as I know, Tom McCartan's out of contract this year. I expect him fully to re-sign with Sydney. They were playing him as a forward, and last year they threw him into the back line. And he's become a very, very good young defender. They'd see him as a probably a 10-year player up there. So I expect him to re-sign there. But... If you're a rebuilding team looking at a piece that, you know, you may may want to have for the next, you know, seven, eight, nine years as a centerpiece of your defense, you could say, oh, yeah, hey, Tom, would you like to come play with us for a substantial raise once again? Yes. There you go. <laughs> I will follow the money. Thank you. Jacob Hopper in GW, at GWS had close to a best on ground game last week against Richmond. And probably would have been rated best on ground had Richmond not got over the top of them in the last five minutes of the game. Obviously, Dusty kicked four goals, had 28 touches, and was a judge best on ground. But Jacob Hopper was best for best for the Giants. And he he's the sort of guy that they could probably afford to lose even now. Like They, they keep losing these really, really good midfielders. They've got this other bloke called Tom Green coming up who looks like he could slot in there and, and just take his place. No relation to Toby. No, spelt with one less E. Mm. Speaking of Toby, out for four weeks. What happened to him? Uh, Nathan Broad buried him in a tackle in that tense last quarter and fractured his shoulder. <gasps> Who's Nathan Broad? No free kick paid. So, tackled into the ground, landed right square on his back. Play on, the umpire calls. They called for a point. Any other player in the league, that would have been a free kick and a shot at goal. From the goal line, basically. So, uh, pretty harsh on the old Toby there. Anyway, Jacob Hopper, very, very talented young man, clean hands, because he washes them a lot. COVID safe. Well, there you go. I hate COVID. I don't even like talking about it on our <laughs> podcast. It pisses me off. But uh, could, could make a, a lovely addition to somewhere else. I hope he re-signs with the Giants, because he's the sort of player that kind of kind of gels makes the team gel together so he's a glue guy kind of bonds them together I'd like to see him stay glue there guy. Darcy Parrish out of contract he's had two definite best on ground performances this year including the Anzac Day game won the Anzac medal and last week was at it again with 30 something touches 10 clearances has really stepped up as the midfielder Essendon need and given he's getting more midfield time at the moment had we asked this at the start of the year, I thought, oh, Darcy Parrish may may entertain leaving. He may entertain looking somewhere else. But now that Essendon are investing time in him and saying, righto, we're going to have you as the number one bloke in our midfield, maybe he's swaying and going, I, I told you I could do this. I I've, I've always thought I could be the number one guy in here. Essendon give me the chance now. And I'm doing it. I'm going to stay. Quite possibly. They've still got Dylan Shield to come back. They've got a bloke named Jai Caldwell to come back who will eat into his time in the middle a little bit. 
but that he's he's three months away still. So Darcy Parrish has the chance to really cement himself as the man at Essendon this season. And if he does, I can't see him leaving at all. Essendon. What? I don't know. Do you want me to stop talking about Essendon? A little bit, yeah. Can we talk a bit about... Adelaide? Um, Well, okay. All right, Matt Crouch. Matt Crouch is sitting out the majority of this season. He's a bloke that can actually top around 30 touches a game. And that's not just in the change rooms, which we'll talk about (laughs) in a minute, because I can see you kind of warming up to that. Is it... (laughs) I'm warming up to the change rooms. Yeah. (laughs) It's a big topic, and uh, you've obviously done your research by watching Kristen Petrarca get his pants pulled down several <laughs> times. Anyway, Matt Crouch, 30 possession per game player usually, uh, injured this this season. So his value might be a little bit down, but he could be a real sleeper. He's a restricted free agent, I meaning you can just make an offer for him. If he accepts it, the Crows either match it or they wave him goodbye. Uh, I'm guessing that the the offers that come for him will be more than Adelaide are willing to pay. So, And if he's got a desire to go, clubs usually let them go. No one really matches these days unless they're hell-bent on keeping someone. And they'd be compensated if he left anyway. So his brother was playing for Adelaide last year, now plays for St Kilda, so he left. Matt Crouch going to be in a similar situation. He may wander out as well. Interesting times. Jack Billings at St Kilda, haven't really heard a peep about him. He's a restricted free agent end of this year as well. So St Kilda have splashed some cash recently on some additions like Brad Hill and Dougal Howard, so on and so forth, Zach Zach Jones. Well, it's not working, St Kilda. I'm not saying anything because St Kilda fans got grumpy at me for the review I wrote of their game last week. Well, I'm grumpy at them and also their team, which is partially my team and Gee. Yeah, that that and four other teams. Well, yeah. Yeah. Probably five actually. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, if you were Billings and you were sitting there, restricted free agent, you could get offers from a number of different places, proven ball winner, really good wingman, half forward, can play in the middle a little bit, make a really nice addition to a contender. And if St Kilda aren't willing to come to the table and pay him what he believes he's worth, you could test the open market, see what other teams are willing to pay, and if he got an attractive offer. Maybe that's it for him at St Kilda. Who knows? It must be very stressful going from a club you know and you know all the players and their friends to a completely new club and just being like, hey, hey, can I break in here now? A lot of them come through the same pathways now. So a lot of the players will come through the the TAC Cup, which is the under-18s competition. So they either play with or against a lot of that players in the same age bracket. So they end up... That's why they're so friendly after games. You see them, they go and catch up with someone they used to play with or someone who was in their draft class they hung out with. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff now. Whereas in the old days, it was basically shake hands, walk off because you're pissed off that you're lost. Right. Now, as soon as the siren goes, for the most part, it's shake hands, have a bit of a chat, how's the family? Yeah, really good. You're still seeing that girl? No, I know because I'm seeing her. Um, That sort of stuff. (laughs) You know. Oh, my gosh. There's a whole heap of other guys that I've got listed here who are out of contract in one way or another. So Jared Lyons at Brisbane, having a ripping season. He'll re-sign with them because he looks like he's at home there. Brent Daniels at GWS, out of contract. Be a fantastic pickup if he if he decides he wants to go somewhere else. You'd have to trade for him, but really, really good small forward. 
Trent Dumont at North Melbourne just came back last week. Played okay, nothing special. Restricted free agent. Jordan Dawson out of contract. George Hewitt, restricted free agent. Played on Pendlebury last week and did a relatively good job. Matched him. That's all you have to do, break even with Pendlebury, and it's really a win. So it'll be interesting to see whether he gets interest elsewhere because he's a defensive midfielder and can stop someone and pick up plenty of the ball himself. So a team that's looking for accountability in the midfield, maybe they're lacking it. They've got players that run one way and not back well in defense. Someone like George Hewitt would correct that somewhat for those teams. Liber, Liberatore, unrestricted free agent. He is having at the moment the, the highest number of clearances per game in history. He comes up in your stats. He does, mm. often, yeah. So he is averaging somewhere around 9.3, I think, clearances per game. To put it in context, when Tom Mitchell won the Brownlow, he was averaging about 7.8. When Patrick Cripps won the MVP one year, he was averaging 8.3, I think. And now Libba's up to 9.3 a game. So uncharted waters for him. But his dad played for the club. He's been there since he started. He's going to re-sign with the Bulldogs, so don't That's panic. Nice. Sam Wiedemann at Melbourne. He's kind of the odd man out in the forward line. Came back last week. Took, well, he flew for, flew for a lot of marks, but it was a bit slippery, the ball, and wasn't conducive to him really dominating. What are you smiling Nothing. about? Nothing. Slippery Sli- balls. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Liam Duggan and Jared Brander at West Coast, both out of contract. I expect Duggan to re-sign. Brander, it wouldn't surprise me if he dipped his toe in the water and just and just seen what was on offer. He comes from Victoria, so he may wish to come back. I'm not sure. Hasn't really said anything. But if he does, West Coast would probably be, you know, they're astute traders these days. They'll get something back for him, which is of decent value. And at Richmond, you've got McIntosh and Baker, both out of contract. I expect both of them to re-sign with the club. McIntosh, in particular, was dropped during the... 2019 season didn't play in their in their flag and a lot of people expected him to move on and look for greener pastures where he's going to be guaranteed a game he didn't do it he went back he trained harder he knuckled down became a regular part of the team again and won a premiership in 2020 so i suppose you're dealing with someone with a very very big drive and a you know very very high work ethic as well i couldn't see him signing anywhere else unless the Tigers kind of said to him, hey, go and get yourself you. go and get yourself a good deal. Do you think they'd um, do that? They did it with Brandon Ellis, who moved up to the Gold Coast. And there was a little bit of help along the way for Dan Butler to go to St Kilda as well. So they weren't considered their best 22, one of the best 22. So in order to give them the best opportunity to make some money and also to play consistent football, they were not told, but... Encouraged to there you go. Great something word. else. Yep, so both of them did, and it worked for both of them, so... Hmm. Well done. Cameras in the change rooms. This has been a big thing, this week in particular, because we had vision of Jordan Dugowie in the pre-game huddle, so gathered around listening to the coach, all the players got their arms around each other, and he smacked Isaac Quainer on the bum a couple of times and then gave him a bit of a squeeze pretty close to the crack region, I have to say. How many times did you watch this video? Twice. <laughs> Today. 
1,064. Hang on, let's look. <laughs> yes, 1,064. No, um, I saw it a couple of times and actually wasn't really aware of it until Gab Rossi had it in his column. At that point, he said to me, hey, you know, I've added this in there. If you think it's too risque and you don't want to run with it, let me know. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? So I had to actually go back and have a look. And I'm like, no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's spot on. So what, what Gab was saying is that there's no real reason to have these cameras in there because it's invasion of privacy. And I got to thinking, I'm thinking, well, what what positive aspects have we seen out of having cameras in the dressing rooms? Now, you've got one. Christian Petrarca's butt. <laughs> so, yes, we, we saw that. So Ben Brown's being interviewed. Christian Petrarca jumps on the scales behind him and drops his towel. He's wearing underwear. But Stephen May decides, the camera's on, watch this, and just tugs at his underwear a little bit and gives him a couple of smacks on the bum. Petrarca, to his credit, kind of turns to the camera, winks at it, and then flexes his muscles. <laughs> to be honest, that part is what makes the whole whole thing. <laughs> so a, a bit, bit of fun and games, bit, you know, shits and giggles, I wrote down in my notes here. So you get a bit of that, which is great, because it humanises the players, right? You know what? Before you go on... I'm very against cameras in the change rooms. Now, you would think because... You're a massive pervert. I'm a huge, filthy, filthy, gutter-minded person that I would be all for it, but I'm really not. They should completely be in control of that environment themselves. They shouldn't have outside cameras. It's, it's what voyeuristic. They do, what they do... And it, not in a good way. Is they have people come in and do interviews, right? So the interview crew will come in, as they did with Ben Brown, bring the camera, focus it on Brown. And in that instance, you had someone behind him, right? So you could see that there were people behind him. But they also have fixed cameras, like attached to the roof and stuff, or wall. And what's come of it over the last couple of years, you've had Jack Revolt uh, hauled over the coals for for grabbing Mubby or Chole on on the arse. You know, in... It's this just a thing that guys do, just grab each other on the butt. Look, it happens everywhere. It happens, you know, at school, in the urinal, you oh know, uh, in the bus, in the backseat of your dad's car. <laughs> <laughs> no, it happens in change rooms and stuff. And why? It what happens often. And drive you, behind it. Uh, it's just a little bit of playfulness and, you know, hanging out with your mates and grab them on the ass and make them jump or whatever. And, you know, it's just, just a bit of shits and giggles. I so have no comprehension of this at all, but... Look, I'm pretty sure you've grabbed guys on the ass before. Yes, but... <laughs> you, yes, or I but. follow you around. You do. It's quite disconcerting at times. <laughs> so you had Jack Revolt in trouble with that. Then you had the Collingwood guys, both injured, walking out, grabbing their phones and going sitting in the recovery room or wherever they went to. That cost them 20 grand for doing that. Caught on the cameras in the change rooms. And then you had to go in last week, where he was basically doing the same thing that Revolt did. The AFL Integrity Unit went out and investigated this, and it was summarily dismissed. And I'm thinking, geez, I'm not sure it's worthwhile for the clubs. Are they able to actually say, I don't want this crap. No one gives a shit about it. Yes, so-and-so's got injured. We saw him leave the ground. We don't need to see him walking back through the change rooms to go in and get treatment. They don't film him getting treatment. They just film him walking back to get treatment. And then coming back out. 
after getting treatment. It adds really nothing to the broadcast except for that voyeuristic aspect. It's unnecessary. And it must be very... I don't know, it must kind of unnerve the players. I think the problem is is they've become so accustomed to, the, to it that they don't register yeah. that what I'm doing at the moment is being broadcast all over the Australia and the world, if you want to go that far, for people who want to access it. it it's not just not... Do you think, do you think Petrarca knew or registered that he was being broadcast? I reckon he pushed his way to the front of that, <laughs> that scale line so he could get on. But just on that, when that happened with Revolt and Mabi or Chol, Richmond were really, really strong in the defence of their players. Uh, Hardwick come out and basically said, oh, if, if Mabiel's got a problem with it, we'll follow it up. He didn't have a problem with it. So really, it was just him kind of going, oh, it's just guys being stupid. But Richmond have made a habit out of backing their players the last couple of years. When there's an incident or where there's a, a blow-up, they actually come out in defence of the players. And what that what that's doing, and they're they're a little bit too smart for me to think it's an accident. I think this is a a deliberate advertisement for the club. Because if you're a player, if you're a young bloke who is prone to stupidity, which all young blokes are, <laughs> okay, you think in sub, you know, before you're about twenty five, and for several of us, many many years after we're twenty five, but that eighteen to twenty five, that that's a minefield. And you would love to see, oh, I'm getting drafted to Richmond. They back their players. So it's almost an advertisement to the rest of the league to say, hey, come to our club. So if there's a little incident or something's caught on film in the change rooms, we're not going to just go and you know throw the book at you because the AFL wants us to and there's a whole heap of people screaming for it for your blood. We're actually going to back you. And we're going to stand behind you, or in some cases in front of you. And as a player, you'd have to look at that and say, that's pretty damn attractive to have an organization that will, will actually say, no, no, we're, we're right, we're, we're fine. There's nothing for us to actually follow up here. Do you think that the only people who think it's normal for grown adults to smack each other on the ass are sports people and people who have played elite sports or even state sports? Male strippers. Yeah, yeah, bum, I don't know. Bum, 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 <laughs> bum, smack, smack. Is that... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do they? Well, I'm sure they don't deter it. Oh, gosh. But yeah, I'm looking it, at this. I, it seems like I think the general population is just like, what is happening? That's so weird. But all like people who play football are just like, that's a normal thing to happen. Yeah. It's, it's not. A, it's weird. It's a change room kind of thing to happen. It really is. It, it happens... Quite a lot when guys are acting like idiots. And that's all it is, is guys acting like idiots. Now, if if let's just say Isaac Quainer, who the go he was pinching on the bum tour and actually said, hey, hey, I don't like that. That'd, that'd be it. It wouldn't happen again. Okay. I can guarantee you that wouldn't happen again. It's just a matter of like, oh, dude, yeah, he doesn't stop, really stop care. He doesn't really care. And it comes across as he didn't care. With the thing with... Uh, the couple of Richmond players who were involved in the fight, Rioli and, and Shea Bolton, two weeks ago, they came out and they said, okay, we were basically defending Daniel Rioli's girlfriend. Someone made an inappropriate or said something inappropriate or was acting inappropriate. There was a scuffle and Daniel Rioli got punched in the eye. 
Shea Bolton broke his wrist. People were baying for the blood of these players, saying, oh, they shouldn't be out, they shouldn't be doing this. Should... What, what are people expecting to do? Stay home. No, they expect them to not get in fights. They're defending some guy's girlfriend. From who? From a... Patrick Dangerfield weighed in on this too and said people actually bait them. So they go out and they go out to a club, whatever they do. I don't know where they go. And I'm not going to give someone free publicity. But they go out to a to a club and people were baiting them. Nick Rewalt went on the radio and said he used to get like some folks would just throw ice at him and stuff. In the in a nightclub or, or a restaurant or whatever, or a bar, just trying to pick a fight because the ramifications for Revolt, if anything happens, are huge. The ramifications for the other dudes, there's nothing. Why if, would you go to places that where that happens? How do you predict that's going to happen? Okay, let's go out to the pub. Okay, we'll go out for dinner and we'll move into the bar after it. We'll stand there having a beer and someone throws ice at you. I don't know. This is all very foreign to me. You and I have never gone to a pub for dinner. It's true. I don't want to either. <laughs> I'm like, move into the bar? What? Yeah. Oh, well, look, there's... You know, or, or the bistro. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Uh, so with this thing with Rioli and Bolton, the club basically came out and said, no, nope, there's nothing to investigate. I never thought it would be Dane Swan that would put it so succinctly. And he basically said, this is why people want to play for Richmond. This is why people want to play there and why people don't want to leave. Because they actually stand up for the club and they don't succumb to people who are baying for the for the players' blood. And he, he called them, you know, an insulting name, the people that were doing it. Filthy whatever. But um, he was basically saying, this is a club that sticks up for their players. You would be foolish to leave this environment and you'd be foolish not to want to go there. And that's why they've been so good. And I'm like, he's actually got a really good point there. If you feel the club is supporting you all the time, you're much more willing to put in the extra miles for the club. Mm, fair. Recruit of the year, Mrs. Mungrel. Mm. I know this is one of your favourite topics. Yes. Is it? Yes. Can it I, is. Oh, yes, it is, because this isn't rookie. This is recruit. Yes, and so you actually mentioned... a bit older. Oh, God. So you mentioned um, a name before that's actually on my list here. Is it Joe Danaher? It is. But he's not the recruiter of the year. Why not? Because he hasn't done enough yet. Oh. So there's guys who were... Well, Joe Danaher has been, in, been brought into Brisbane on big bucks. So if he's brought in on big bucks, you expect big results. He hasn't delivered big results yet. He's delivered pretty decent results. But if you were thinking, okay, what is his best and what is his ceiling? He's quite a way removed from what his ceiling is. So you're not probably getting what you wish you were getting yet. However, he is playing, he's not injured. It's probably a win at this point. So he gets a bit of a tick. You've got Brad Crouch at St Kilda. Just starting to come into his own, just starting to get a lot of the ball, tackling well, winning the footy. And then he got a fracture in his face. Oh, that's unfortunate. A bit of a head clash. And so he'll probably miss a little bit. I think he's had, had a bit of surgery to fix it up. <laughs> Had a bit of surgery on your face, mate. Yeah, can you tell? Oh, yeah, you can tell. Uh, Isaac Smith at Geelong. Now, he was at Hawthorne, so a bit of a oh, sore, yes. bit of a sore oh, spot. Oh, I did like him when me. he was in Hawthorne. Yep, he's actually playing really good footy. He's a bit older, isn't he? 
he's 30. Yeah. So, yeah, a bit of stamina about the bloke too. So, All right looking fella. Is looks he really? a bit like you. No, he doesn't. Yeah, same colouring. Oh, my God. I have to yeah. look closer at this dude. <laughs> he's in a bit better shape than I am. Oh, you're right. Slightly. You're all right. You're getting there. I can run about 400 metres and then my calves can cramp you, up. you, though? I did on the treadmill the <laughs> other day. It was uh, eye-opening and calf popping. So he's playing really good football at Geelong and had one of the, the mongrel riders suggest the other day he could start pushing for All-Australian honours. And I'm like, I don't think he's there yet. He plays half-forward wing at the moment. And there's probably about six or seven blokes who I would have in the team before him. So not there just yet. You've got Orazio Fantasia. Oh, boy. At Port Adelaide. How's he going? He's doing better. You raved about him. really, really, really well. So he would be their most effective small forward at the moment. And that's on a team that has Robbie Gray, Connor Rosie, and Zach Butters on it. He was at Essendon, wasn't he? He was, and he was playing like a piece of turd at Essendon, Mm -hmm. playing somewhere where he actually wants to be, he has really, really looked dangerous and looks invested, looks like he's ready to make his name there and almost not make amends because he doesn't owe Port Adelaide anything, but almost make up for the last couple of years of his career, which were just not not worth the time of day. What's he done? Hit the gym a bit, or just just looks like he's ready. Just like he's got his head head on straight. Looks like he's ready to play now. So he's doing the sort of things that Essendon wish he was doing for him last year and the year before, and now he's producing at Port Adelaide. I'm sure Essendon's sitting there going, "Where was this bloke? Where was this version of this player?" He didn't like Essendon. Wanted out. He wanted out the year before, but for some reason he went back, and then uh, they got the deal deal done for this season. Alia, Alia looking like an absolute monster for Port Adelaide in defence. They've fallen down a little bit here and there over the journey against good teams, but he gets in the right spot and just goes to work. So there are teams now actively looking to avoid him when kicking the ball inside their forward line because he's like a brick wall, that bloke. He's built like a brick wall. He's uh, Did you see that photo of him that I showed you the other day when he was walking off the field and he had all the smoke coming up behind him? And he looked like some sort of superhero. He did. Yeah. That was He looked like a super villain, actually. He's in great shape. Yeah. Yeah. Just not not bad. (laughs) Um, Runner up for recruit of the year so far. And it's pretty harsh on this bloke to be the runner up because he's playing for his fourth club in his fourth state. So he started out. God knows where. They started out Gold Coast, I think, and then he went to St Kilda or maybe vice versa, then to West Coast and now to Sydney. And he's just winning clearances, getting a lot of the Matt footy. Crouch. No, he's close. Yeah. He's very close. They're almost spelled exactly the same. Brad Tom, Crouch? Tom Hickey. Oh. Yeah. Real close. <laughs> they both got a C in them. I tried then. I so, tried. so Tom Hickey would be close to second... Ooh, probably neck and neck with Nick Nat for second in the All-Australian running at the moment. And really, for the past three or four years of his career, he was looked at as a backup ruckman. So he's really hit the ground running in Sydney, making a real fist of it, runner-up. The recruit of the year so far to me is Nick Hind at Essendon. I'm sorry I'm talking about Essendon again. Ugh. But uh, this is a bloke that was at St Kilda, and he was brought over to Essendon to replace Adam Sard 
who went to Carlton on a reported about six fifty a year. Now he's come into Essendon on half that money and is actually producing more at Essendon than Saad is at Carlton. Ouch. Yeah, so his numbers are up across the board. He's averaging career highs. Now Saad's number one asset was his pace. So he'd get the ball and run. Nick Hine does that as well, but he also defends like a bit of a demon. So Adam Saad's knock was that he wasn't a real good defender. He was really great at getting the ball and running away. And a bit of a chook with his head cut off about him. He'd just kind of get in and start running and not know where he's going and change direction and kick it long. This bloke actually seems like he's got his head on straight and grabs a ball, knows what he wants to do with it, hits the ground running and then kicks to a target. So very anti-Sard. So he'd be Nick Happy Hind, I reckon. Not Sard. <laughs> that was so, terrible. Yeah, it was. I just made it up on the spot. Yeah. That wasn't a rehearsed joke, as you can well tell. <laughs> So he would be the recruit of the year to this point and would have to be pretty close to top three Essendon best and fairest ranking at the moment, which is remarkable given he wasn't really considered best 22 last year at St Kilda. So fantastic result for him. I'm still really sad about Toby Green being hurt. I was very sad. Mm. I almost went into a day of mourning. Then I realised I had to do uh, the wingman rankings yeah, and stuff. And By the way, just on that, I kind of thought that if he he was paid that free kick at that point in the game, it was a momentum changer. And it would have settled the Giants to the point where they probably would have won. So he got up and kept so playing. So you're saying the umpires screwed over Toby Green because they're jealous of his athletic ability and his uh, ability, boyish uh, And also his <laughs> And he's youthful, and he's a good manner, I believe, they're upset about. Yeah, yeah, okay. Look, he's actually, when you look at the record, he's actually been drawing free kicks this year. But if they paid everything that was supposed to go to him, he'd be leading the league in free kicks. He gets he gets crashed into, knocked over, dragged down copious amounts of times, and, yeah, just kind of gets let go because there's a bit of F you about everybody and it's only Toby Green, right? Sorry, I didn't mean to derail this into a Toby Green. I'm happy that you did. Mm. Anyway, we can probably jump over to some previews. Yep. And this is uh, this is where you really get your time to shine. Oh, great. Okay. All right. So on right. Fr- on Friday night, <laughs> yeah. we have the Lions and Tigers. If only there were some bears involved. Oh, my. Oh, gosh. Lions. Tigers. Bears. Oh, my. Oh, God. <laughs> Lions, it is it is actually being played at Brisbane. The Tigers have had a pretty tough run in terms of opponents lately. Have they? They have. They still haven't got Cochin, Prestia. I don't think they're getting Edwards back this week. It's a real toss-up for me, this one. I, I'm torn. I won't be making a, an assessment until I see teams tomorrow night. I can make my assessment. You sure Brisbane. can. By how much, do you reckon? Oh, look, 10 points. 10 points. Yep. Oh, there's some conviction. Yep. All right. Blues. I know that's one goal and a couple of non-goals. Yes. Yeah, Very good. A couple you. of posters, maybe. I don't know what that means. Hitting the post. It's one point. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if someone hits the umpire? If he's behind the goal line? What if he's on the goal line? It would be... Is that a point? No, it would be is it going through the goals. Yeah, it'd be a goal. Interesting. Thank you. All right. Blues versus Hawks. Oh, Blues will win. The Hawks are just 
rudderless. Yeah. We seem we're pretty ordinary. Carlton defence should have an absolute ball against the Hawks. Our forward line has uh, I say our forward line and Carlton supporters I'm sorry for that but I have a hard time distancing myself from my team who were really shit at the moment. <laughs> I'm sure Carlton supporters are happy that you say that. Yeah. So the, Carlton have got two of the best defenders in the league in one-on-one battles in Liam Jones and and Jacob Wiedering. And they're matched up against two blokes at Hawthorne who are very young and very raw. And they should be able to really dominate them. Now, if the Hawthorne small guys around their feet aren't on for that game then Carlton will kill Hawthorne. Absolutely kill him. Sounds very dramatic of you. All right. Yeah, I say that, and now I'm just going to go and have a cry. No, I'm not that invested in Hawthorne at the moment. I know it's going to take two to three years. No, so. You say that, but every time you comment on them, you say, oh, they're just, they're, they need to do a rebuild. They're, you know, it's going to take a couple We are doing a rebuild, yeah. Yeah. I, I know it, but I actually want to see progress. I can see the pain in your face. But our, fir- our first two draft picks from the last two years aren't playing at the moment, so they're both injured. So the guys we've invested the most in aren't actually on the park. Here's one for you. Adelaide versus Melbourne. Oh, Melbourne will win. Texas back. Melbourne will still win. They should win. They're going for 10 in a row. The Tex will be there for it, and that's pretty good. What, for the loss? Just there. He's just there? He's just there. Do you think he chafes? He's got big thighs. Yeah. Yeah, I think he does. I think you have to get some Vaseline out. And... Oh my God, too far. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Melbourne should win. Adelaide are playing good footy. They didn't lay down last week. So they're playing in Western Australia. They got, you know, your five, six goals down. And a team that isn't up for the fight would end up getting beaten by 12 goals from there. And they kept fighting, kept kicking goals, kept sticking with the Eagles. They lost by five in the end. But five goals at Optus Stadium, usually when you get down by that much, it's it's curtains. And they stuck with him. They kept trying. Blokes like Seedsman and Lockie Scholl just kept running, running, running their guts out. So good signs for Adelaide. They didn't have Tex in there. They didn't have a target up forward. Darcy Fogarty went beast mode for him. I haven't shown you this clip, but a guy tackled him and he actually just grabs him and throws him onto the ground with the ball tucked under his arm. I would love that. And runs away. Yeah. And I thought, that is fantastic. That's yeah. what people have been waiting to see. They're not seeing enough from Fogarty at the moment of that. Western Bulldogs versus St Kilda. This is Bulldogs. Yeah, me too. But this is St Kilda's chance. Is it? Sometimes you need a real statement win. Hey, I forgot. Oh, that's right. The Western Bulldogs are also sponsored by Pedigree, the dog food. (laughs) So they've got Mission Tacos on the front and Pedigree on the back. I love it. Oh, look, they'll never go hungry, will they? (laughs) 100,000 Australian pensioners can't be wrong. Oh, my God. Why did you go there? Because grocery prices are too high. Sponsorship and uh, just as a, as an aside, the Mungrel Punt Midfield Championship belt on the line in this game. Is it Jack McRae defending? He's going up against Seb Ross, Jack Steele. Jack Steele. Yeah, so, such a good name. So what happens if uh, the Saints get up and Jack Steele has a big game and Jack McRae does not have a big game? We might get a title switch. Seb Ross has already held the title once. Jack Steele's never held it. It could be his time. Jack Steele versus Jack McRae. It's a real jack-off. 
<laughs> You're the worst. Yep. That was terrible. All right. Fremantle versus Sydney. Played in Western Australia. Fremantle. Fremantle. You know, really, Sydney's a really good young team, but Fremantle grow an extra pair of legs at home. They run better and play harder. They've got at- some legs there. They do. They just replace the old ones, get some new ones in. Isn't that where Ollie Wines is? No, he's in Port Adelaide. We'll get oh. to them. But okay. no, but no stray. <laughs> who's, who's he's there? definitely somewhere. Who's Nat Five? No, who else? What do you mean, who else? I'm not. No, just that's where Adam Chera is. Oh, Matt Taberner. Is there anyone I know? Luke Ryan. No. Well, he might not play. He's got a bit of a calf complaint, like my good self. No. Oh. Yeah. You've got an everything complaint. I do. I've also got a back complaint. My neck's a bit sore. <laughs> so you're going for Fremantle at home? Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, Sydney is very tempting away from home. GWS versus West Coast played in in New South Wales. GWS. Oh, you think they'll knock over West Coast on the road? Is um Toby Green is not playing. Oh. Remember we've right, we spoken about that twice. I was sad before, wasn't I? Right. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Look, still GWS. All right, I think I'll go West Coast on the road. So we've got a couple different this week. Collingwood versus Port Adelaide at the MCG. Oh, Port. Port need it. I think they need a big They've win away from Dixon. home. They do, and Darcy oh. Moore might play on him directly, which would be fantastic to watch. I kind of think maybe it'll be Jordan Roughhead plays on him, but I'd like to see more versus Dixon. That'd be fantastic. But Port should win. In the last game, Essendon versus North Melbourne. It's played at Marvel Stadium. Who cares? Oh, stop. Essendon. Let's say Essendon, because I, I think don't think Essendon North are going to win anything. But I'd love to see North have a red-hot crack. They already won one North. They're not going to go through. They? Yeah, they just beat Hawthorne. We discussed it before. <laughs> Jeez. I'm at my I'm at my best. What but, can I um, say? Essendon will probably win that one too. Just as an aside, we do our Road Warrior ladder every week. These are the games with uh, four points available. So if the Tigers beat the Lions, they'll get four points. If the Suns beat Geelong, which won't happen, did we even mention that game? I don't think we did. Oh, is that fellow back yet? No, four weeks away. Four weeks away. That's a long time. Yep. So right. Geelong versus the Suns. Played at Geelong. Well, it's going to be Geelong, yeah, but, it's good night, sons. but once Matt Rowell comes back, it's going to be the Suns. Well, he Guess won't be he. back. Well, in four weeks he will. But not to play Geelong, because oh, they won't look. play him again. Really? No. At all? Maybe next year. Oh. Maybe we'll be injured again for that one. I don't really understand how the fixture works, so... So the Suns will get four points if they beat the the Cats in Geelong. You'll have Sydney getting four points if they can beat Frio in Western Australia. You'll get West Coast getting four points if they beat GWS in in wherever they play, New South Wales. And you'll get Port Adelaide getting four points against Collingwood, the MCG, if they win. So one, two, three, four, five, six games could alter the state of the Road Warrior ladder, <laughs> which I just made up like four weeks ago. So I'm still invested in it, even if other people don't care. I don't care. You I like it. it. I do. <laughs> That's what matters. I'm combining wrestling and football. No, you're happy. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. So, guys, uh, that's it for this week. We've just uh, managed to spend, what, 50 minutes? An hour. Yeah. An hour and 50 minutes? I don't even know. Oh. Time's lost all meaning. Yeah, something like that. And uh, we'll catch you next week, possibly. Possibly.